welcome back, back, back to Go Off Sis. We are here soaking up in the sun, chilling in the shade with our glass of spiked lemonade bars. We're keeping it real, real. Sun's out, bun's out. So I, just feeling really great. We had an amazing glow up event in Atlanta. So we are feeling the summer vibes. Thank you all for showing up and showing out with us. And as we officially now roll into the summer of 22, we got a real question. We got to get serious with it, all right? What are we doing with our hair, okay? Because the ATL girls were giving, and we got to talk. We have to talk. From knotless braids to wigs, butterfly locks, 36-inch bundles, down to the ground and back. Or are we talking about that creamy crack? Wow, guys, I am on it today with the bars. <laughs> we have so many options. But we also know that Black women have a, shall we say, complicated relationship with our hair. So we're going to have fun, but we're going to keep it real, too. We're going to talk about everything from our personal relationship with our hair. We're going to do a little roundtable length check and talk about some of the things we're doing, some of the things we're leaving behind, whether it's DIY at home styles, looking for a stylist, book an appointment six weeks in advance. <sighs> we tired, all right? We got to figure this out together, all right? I am Chelsea Sanders, your VP here at Unbothered, and I want to introduce a special guest that we have for the roundtable here today who is a professional expert. She is a celebrity hairstylist to our favorite stars like Lizzo, Zendaya, Amber Rose, Sweetie. She is also a performing artist in her own right, and the official Rich Bish on Vacation. We came across her at Unbothered because her Christmas anthem, Ratchetivity, was one of our anthems for the season. So we're going to bounce that ass for Christmas time, bounce that ass for Christmas time, even though it's June, don't care. Please welcome the Beyonce of baby hair, Shelby Swain, to the Go Off Sis podcast. Welcome, Shelby. Damn. First of all, that was one of the best intros I've ever had in my life. I want you to come with me always because people be forgetting. <laughs> Done. Hype woman for life. Thank you. Thank you. We do it up right here. We give our flowers correct. I appreciate those. I needed that. <laughs> yes. All right. So like I said, Shelby, we're going to do a little roundtable moment because we got to check in with our crew and hear some thoughts on hair. So today we are going to introduce ourselves and share some unpopular opinions about hair. All right. We're going to get into it, whether it's products, a journey, whatever that looks like. So let's talk about it. All right. And I'm going to be honest with you. Some of these new products <laughs> don't work for my four, don't work for my four C hair, and I'm I'm not naming names, but that four C hair, I can't do the sweet sick tie tie co watch. No, no, no. I need that like blue magic. I need that pomade with the '70s like afros on Deckington. I need the gel that will not come off in case of emergency, earthquake, or anything. All right, none of that new stuff is working for me. My four C isn't isn't feeling it. Girl. And I need help. Okay? So that that is my unpopular opinion on hair. I'll just let that marinate while we introduce the rest of the crew. Kathleen, how you doing in the six? I'm doing good in the six, Chels. I'm Kathleen, Deputy Director Global here at Unbothered. I'm feeling young and youthful and dewy today, even though I'm catching strays from my co-host before this, this started. <laughs> Always. I'm doing great. Ana, how you doing out there? Hello, hello. Hi, y'all. It's the doll, Inaya Komunibo, culture critic. I'm doing good. It's kind of warming up in Brooklyn. Finally, summer said we're showing up. We skipped straight through spring. We're in summertime, so it's hot outside, and I'm ready to go outside. You know what I'm saying? 
Okay. Maya, our new New York transplant from Florida. How you feeling out there? Is it warm enough for you? What's up? It's your down south shawty coming straight from the BK. Um, It's a little hot. It's, it's like these niggas out here, very bipolar. So I need her to Ooh. pick a side. Either you're going to wane or you're going to be hot. You cannot be both. Yeah? Mm-hmm. You have to pick. But you're from Florida. Yeah, but you need. You can get both. No, you need to pick one. Okay. Because Florida is, is, is mostly giving oven in Florida. It's giving, you know, mm, I'm going to be cold. Then I'm going to rain. But then I'm going to get hot. I'm like, girl, how many outfits I got to wear in one day? Because I'm confused. But um, you shouldn't come to Canada then, Maya. <laughs> you, girl. You can't come to Toronto because uh, she doesn't know what's happening any day of the week. Oh, goodness. It's really the earth in general, I think. <laughs> not to be that person. It's the whole world. <laughs> hey, not to be that person. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, great. So like I said, my unpopular opinion is that these new products don't work for my 4C hair. I don't know if anyone has thoughts or recommendations, to be honest, but anytime my hair gets a product, again, that was created past 1988, to be honest, it's just not, it's not doing it. I really, really need like shellac. I've been thinking about like jerry curl cream at this point. I just need, no, yes, I need help. And I need people to understand that 4C hair is also very different and reacts differently to moisture and reacts differently to the environment. And also, all 4C hair is not created equally. It's all different, right? We have different patches on our hair that are 4B, 4 deep, deep C, 4A all across my own head. And so I need products that'll preach and speak to each of those pieces of me. And that hasn't, I haven't seen a lot, a lot of those recently. So I'm open though, so... What's the routine? Don't at me, but maybe just send them to me. What's the routine, ah, Chels? Because I need the this, routine. This, I'm this no- is no, no, no. This is a good. This is a good point because, and we'll talk about this. But I don't know how to do my own hair. That that's the real problem. I don't co-wash. That didn't work for me. I do a pre-poo. I do a shampoo. I do two conditioner. I do two two rounds, right? And then I don't touch my hair when I get out of the shower. I just let it breathe for a little bit. And then I'll re-wet my hair, put in the leave-ins, and then I'll oil my scalp every two or three days. I know, again, oils are also controversial somehow, but my hair needs scalp oil. And so that's what I'm doing. But it's not working. So if you guys have that, mm. let me know. But that's my unpopular opinion for now. Okay. Okay. Maybe we try a different shampoo or something like that. Because when you shampooing your hair, are you doing it every week? Not every week. I'd say 10 to 14 days. So every two weeks. Okay. So maybe we watch out on the shampoos. When you're consistently stripping your hair like that, it's very hard to put that moisture back in there. And I don't know your porosity level. So I don't know how your hair takes on moisture. So depending on your porosity level, that determines on the routine and the way in which you need to put products on your hair. I have a little porosity hair. So my hair has to be soaking wet. Like I have to be under the faucet and be... Girl, have some fun and learn your hair. You know, chop it off. Be like, oh, I like this product. My hair maybe not have been damp enough to take in the product. So let's try soaked hair. And, you know, argan oil always is my go-to sealant oil. So it always works for me. So Okay, hold on. I'm going to need to write these down. But in the meantime, for myself and for the audience, yeah, I'm like, Shelby, can you maybe define some of those terms that Maya dropped? It's on like yards as hair connoisseurs, and I want to make sure that I get this right too. Because hair is a whole different situation, like per person. Like at the same time, it's mm-hmm. like you have 4C hair, I have 4C hair. But like you said, it's we're all not created equal. It's just completely different situations. So I'm like, sure, I get this right. Cause I don't want y'all looking at me like right. the hell. 
No, I feel like Aquila and the B were spell it, like spell the word and use it in a sentence. <laughs> right? <laughs> What's the language of origin? Oh, the porosity, the hair. But I feel like products are completely different now and you do have to try. Like a lot of things you might have to go in your backyard and figure it out. Like whether it's like getting like some uh, aloe vera plant, you know what I'm saying? Cutting it up, going to your refrigerator, getting eggs, getting mayo, all type of stuff. I think it just really kind of just depends. Well, that's a good, that's a good, good note, right? Because you're probably right, right? People have been doing hair for forever and haven't had all of the things that we now have, but they've been fine. and aloe vera, vitamin E, oil, mayonnaise. Like those are the things that my grandma used to put on like burns and on my skin, you know? And so why wouldn't that work for my hair too? That's a great one. And okay. it works. Thank you, Shelby. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean, I personally okay. feel like a lot of products is for clout. You know, I think they know that hair, like the new, the black, the black hair texture, the black hair world. You know, we are like a billion dollar business. We make money. And so now that we all know that we could be natural, at work now, it's like, oh my gosh, let me create all these products, even though they don't work. And they be behind bars. Free to black hair care products because they be having them locked up. (laughs) But I do think there is something to your point that like product for product's sake personally may not be the move, right? Like you do have to find what makes sense for you, like you said. And to be honest, it might be in your backyard, which is a great note. And I'm going to be thinking about that one. Okay, Maya, since you know all the porosity terms and tings, what is your unpopular Mm -hmm. hair opinion? Oh, where should I start? Um, okay. <clears throat> if any black woman has the courage to cut her hair off, no matter how short, that's a black queen right there. Because I know a lot of times women have taken the courage to learn their own hair and society has told them like that's not beautiful or they shouldn't have done that because their hair isn't societally acceptable. And it's just like, sir, <laughs> your hair is jarred and <laughs> the Sahara be quiet. You don't have anything to say to me. So any woman who has the courage to cut her hair off and take a stab at conquering her hair in this Eurocentric society, we love you. We stand next to you. Secondly, can we stop trying to pick on people or call people's hairstyle uglies that are traditionally Caribbean or African-based just because you don't know the significance? I don't like that either because I saw this beautiful woman online with this hairstyle where it was sticking straight up and it looked like bubbles stacked on top of each other. And I was like, oh, I'm going to recreate that. So I recreated the look and I went outside and I took pictures and I was snapping it up. When I tell you I was in the wrong neighborhood, I was in Best Eye. The little kids was looking at me like, oh my God, what is this? And the parents wasn't no much be- like too much better either. I'm just like, get it, get little Taquan. Because one thing about me, I'll fight a child. Yeah. Culture your, culture your kids. Culture your child. Okay, and last but certainly not least, please stop putting relaxers in the shampoo. Please. Please stop doing that. You talking about the blowouts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I didn't come for that. Okay. Maya, that was a fantastic list. And A over here, uh, what's your unpopular opinion about hair? Come on. Hello. um, I'm going to keep it short and sweet, but this is a direct hit. If you are a hairstylist and uh, you can't do 4C hair, you can't do hair at all. I want to be very clear about that. (laughs) If you are a person who braids hair, you twist hair, you lock hair, and you're crying about people not having their hair blown out before they come see you, before they do a protective style, you cannot do hair. You cannot do hair and you need to stop saying that you are a hairstylist. And I'm going to take it to another level. I'm going to take it to another level. And this is a personal attack against a lot of people that I know and love. But baby hairs, let me say, baby hairs do not look good on every hairstyle. It's getting weird. It's getting weird. See, that's hard for me. And 
white supremacy is gonna make people lose their edges because you think that you need those baby hairs you do not you are listen doc, listen dr umar made a point <laughs> When you embrace, when you embrace, when you embrace them locks. Anyway, let me just say what I, that's it. That's all. <laughs> she did not say Dr. Kumar made a point. One point, <laughs> one singular point about the African hair. I'm going to put my cat, my kufi on in a second. <laughs> yes. Yes. Can I just I mean, say, I know, yes. I know y'all, this is what y'all do, but you know, I got to slide in real quick. So I don't know how I'm going to get back to this since we right here. I ain't going to hold yeah. you. Baby hair is not for every hairstyle. I know, coming from me, it's kind of wild. I do feel like, you know, but at the same time, I do love it, you know, but I see people- It looks cute. It's cute, but then I do see people putting like perms on their edges so they could have perfect baby hair. I be seeing girls trying to add on fake, you know, unless they really have to, but like girls that don't even have to, they gluing baby hair into their, like gluing, you know, trying to create it. I do feel like not every style needs it, but at the same time, it is fun. It's like a little bit of parsley on top. Don't you think, though? Don't you think they crossed the line? They crossed the line with tattoo baby hairs. You don't think that's too much? I was in the hair store the other day, and I seen tattoo baby hairs. I bought some. Yeah. Um, Just because it was fun. (laughs) It was was $2.99 at the Flossin. I was like, I'm going to just buy this real quick. Am I ever going to use it? Probably for Halloween. Do I feel like this is something that needs to literally be done? No. Except your edges. (laughs) Oh, I I love this, though. And I love you're just, like, keeping it 100 with us, Shelby, because it's true, too. Like, I've seen them, and I've thought about it. I really have. So live the way you want to live, but it's of note. It's of note. Kathleen, round us out here. Well, uh, now— Give us your unpopular opinion. Now I'm thinking about these baby hair tattoos because my whole thing is that edge gel and, like, trying to lay my baby hairs does not work on my 4C hair. Like, it just doesn't. Many people have tried. It gets all white and flaky, and maybe that's because I'm not, like, oiling my hair enough or my scalp enough or whatever that is, but it just does not work. It has never worked. So I have never been into baby hairs. So this, like, baby hair-laid agenda that has been pushed on all of us that's, like, your hair does not look beautiful unless your edges are laid, like, I I just want to be done with it. I just want to be done with it. It's the ancestors. For me, personally... They speaking through you. They said not you. <laughs> right? Not you. I am not the chosen one. That's what they said. <laughs> no, not no, no, you're chosen. You That's why they're not laying. That's why they're not laying. You're chosen. You had, okay, you thank had you. A jail behind it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like people are in jail. I ain't gonna hold you. It's so beautiful being a black woman, but at the same time, it's like we have to go through the most just to try to be just accepted in everyday life. Really, all we just got to do is be black and be ourselves. But it's like, no. No, it's fair. And Shelby, you brought up a really great point of that. Like, it's so hard enough being a black woman, like, let alone dealing with everything happening on the day-to-day and, oh, wait, we're still in a pandemic. And all of these things are happening at the same time. And then we got to worry about what... People are talking about our hair and how it's looking, how it's laying, what it's doing, what it's not doing. And it's too much. And I think the reason why we even wanted to have this conversation was over the pandemic, you know, I feel like a lot of people were were getting into doing their own hair and just getting closer to their own textures. And I, I was one of them. I was like, ooh, this is an opportunity for me to establish a better relationship with my hair, to take out the braids that I always used to wear and go natural and really think about like just giving some TLC to it. And 
that didn't go so great <laughs> because last year, one time, you know, I had to do headshots for something for um, a panel or, or something and my hair wasn't done and it was just not cooperating. And I had a literal breakdown in my apartment and I called my older sister and she was like, okay, just come over and I'll, and I'll do your hair and we'll figure it out. And it was full on like eight years old. My head was in the sink. She was washing it and just like trying to make it work. I was literally bawling, like having a full on just like personal breakdown because I was like, I hate my hair. I'm 32 and I don't know how to do my hair. Like this is so embarrassing. This is so ridiculous. And my sister stops me and she goes, Chelsea, your hair can hear you. Like, it hears everything you're saying, and that has an effect on your hair. In the same way that your self-talk affects how you feel, affects how you treat people, your hair can hear you. And so if you're saying good things about it, it can hear you. And if you're saying bad things, it hears you too. And so I've never thought about my hair the same way after. And I'm so much more cognizant of the way that I speak about and to my hair because it can hear us. And I think I'm not, again, there yet where I'm always happy and positive about it, but I am thinking more fully about what I say to my hair. And so I want to open up the conversation a little bit to talk about like what we're saying to our hair because it can hear us. Ooh, our hair's like a plant. You know what I'm saying? They say, talk to yeah. your plants. Give your hair sun. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes it's like our hair be so damn locked up. Like, we don't even think about our hair needs sun too. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, okay, it's like this. This is going to sound so crazy, but I have the song called Ballheaded, Happy, and Nappy. It was a random drunk-ass freestyle. We made it. It was lit. It was about me just being powered. Like, I'm ballheaded, I'm nappy, and what's up? I'm still going to take your nigga. You know? <laughs> Sounds crazy. And not like I'm going to take him, but I can still get one. I can get everybody who I want because this doesn't define me. And the more I used to perform that song and sing it, the more I would take my like braids down and look and be like, bitch, what's happening to your hair? Like, your hair was flourishing and now she just, she looking a little different. And it's not like I don't do heat. I don't do none of that. So it's like, what happened? And I realized, oh, damn. My hair hurt this song on repeat. She's like, oh, you know what? Let's be bald-headed. Let's start falling out. I know I'm a hairstylist. was like, what hairstylist is really going to truly say this? But this is some real shit. My hair was, I was losing my hair low-key. It wasn't holding no type of length. It was dry. It was different. And I was doing everything I was doing before, but I made this song. And I was like, let me stop calling myself a bald-headed ass bitch. You know what I'm saying? Let me just, yeah, it's true, but let me stop. And I was like the other, it was like two weeks ago, I was just going to cut all my hair off. I was like, you know what? I'm just over it because even though I'm talking positive to my hair, I'm not seeing it because I think I did so much damage by with this whole situation of bald head shit. It was like, I'm not going to be able to, I have to start over. But then I started talking to my hair real nice, not in two weeks, but in just recently, like last year or whatever. I've been really nice to my hair and I've just been putting her up. And I put her up completely. And now, bitch, got some length. I'm looking good. I got hang time. I'm, my hair's flourishing. It's getting thicker. I don't have to cut my hair off because I'm like, no, I treated my hair completely different. I was nice to her. I spoke to her in a way that she needed to be spoken to. And now a bitch got cropped. 
And now that's all I speak. I have crop. I have flourishing hair. I'm growing. That's an affirmation. (laughs) (laughs) The the ancestors. Y'all see what I'm talking about. Y'all see the spirit, the black energy is coming into the room. Exactly. (laughs) I got to start practicing this. Uh, because one of the things that I say to myself about my hair all the time is that I just don't know how to do it. I'm like you, Chels. I'm just like, I don't know how to do my own hair. I can't do my own hair. I've said that basically my whole life. And that has become a self-fulfilling prophecy, mainly because I've never uh, learned or tried to or had the desire to. But I also just... I just don't do it. And I need to, I need to come up with a song or something that like is, that convinces myself that I can actually do it because I just rotate between like three main hairstyles. I have these long twists that I have in right now. I do like a curly weave or when I got married, I did like a really long straight weave. And then I kept that in for like six months during the pandemic. Cause when everybody was doing their own hair, I had that that refrain in my head, which was, you can't do your own hair. You don't know what you're doing. And so I just kept that weaving for way too damn long. And then it was like dreading. And (laughs) you know what? I'm not going to say my business, but it was gross. What? It was gross. What did it? Tell us. It was gross. Um, Come on. And I was stressed. Chelsea saw it. (laughs) And uh, you know what? Yeah, I need to, at my big age, like, talk nice to my to myself and my hair and, and l- maybe learn a bit learn how to do it myself nothing a hat and a, a beanie can't solve but uh one thing that i will say that kathleen will never say is your forever giving face so it doesn't matter i'm just i'm just gonna say it okay so i i understand but you're just giving face. But I think, Kathleen, you're right in that, like, we need to talk about this because I don't know that I am going to be that girl who's going to sit down every Sunday for seven hours doing my hair. I, I just don't know if that's going to be where my priorities are. And I think I need to be a little bit more honest with myself of, like, that may not be my ministry, right? So what is it that I can do in the time that I am willing to dedicate to it? And is it the current hairstyle I have? Or is it something that maybe I need to adapt to my lifestyle, right? One that works for me, like in the same way that someone, a mom with three kids and a job may have to get that relaxer because she didn't have time. She doesn't have time, right? And so I think we do just have to think about like, okay, what actually makes sense for us? And I'm not sure if we, we're also ready to have that conversation with ourselves, too. But let's have yeah. it. But Kathleen, where the Bob at? I just need... <laughs> <laughs> I did have one. Way, bangs. way, you way know, back they, in the day. Way back in the day. Your name be Obi, so they calling you Bob. <laughs> I don't Bob, know. You know for the bang. Like, you know for the bang. <sighs> yeah. I don't know, y'all. I It's also about comfort. Like, I, I think it's... We've talked about how, like, how black women our hair is so complicated. Our relationship to our hair is so complicated. And for me, I very much fall into my patterns of comfort. And so now I just rotate between those three hairstyles and I'm like, not going to get a bob. I'm not going to cut my hair because I just know myself and I will spiral. Who said anything about cutting a hair? Let me do me, Maya. watch. You come into the house with a new look, a new cut, a new color. (laughs) Maya, tell us about how you're talking to your hair. One thing about me and this girl right here, besties. Let me tell you about my best friend, okay? That is how me and her are because as soon as she start acting up, I'm like, oh, 
I, it's like a child. I know what you want. You want some protein. Yeah, I got you. Oh, you want to be put up? That's okay. I got you too. Mm-hmm. We're going to put you up. Because one thing about me, I'm trying to get back. I'm trying to give them easy breezy beautiful cover girl again, okay? So with me and my hair, we're besties. But it, I've never had that kind of negative connotation with my hair. Um, my mom, love that lady to death, RIP. What's up, mama? She's always like really talked positively to me about myself because she knew what I was facing when I would go out into the world. So she always made it a factor of like, you're a beautiful person regardless of what other people say. So yeah, I did have the relaxed hair and then I cut it off and now I'm natural and stuff like that. So through process of elimination, I've learned how to do my hair, but I've never had that I hate my hair moment. I may have had like a bad hair day like everybody else, but I've never been like, oh my gosh, I completely hate my hair. Um, but I do know people in my family who have had that situation where they are just at odds with their hair. Once again, shout out to my mother. She is a cancer survivor along with a couple of her sisters. And um, all her hair fell out. And um, she's just growing it back, natural. And at some point she was even like, I might go back relax. I'm like, mom, you can do that. And I'm gonna support you because you my mama. But I don't think that's healthy for you. I don't know what's in it. I don't know if it's seeping into your scalp. You've already been sick once. We don't want to go down that road. So she trusted me. I'm glad that she did and help her get on her natural journey. So one day she's like, has her natural hair. She's real cute now. One thing about her, she's going to be cute. And her hair dries up like everybody else and it shrinks and she lays down. So you know if it's the natural hair and you lay down, it's going to be a little pancakey. That's okay. You just do a little shake and you back in the game. So, you know, her sister is like, oh, you know, your hair is nappy. Back that thing up like you left something because you did. You left your mind. Don't talk to my mama like that. So I was just like, nappy? can't be she literally just washed her hair like she just detangled her hair like i seen her go through the process i'm like her hair is not you know nappy by any means at all so she was like no i know what nappy looks like i'm like obviously you don't because her hair is not nappy her hair is flat but not nappy and it's really funny to me how people with no hair all of a sudden know all the characteristics of what hair looks like i'm like ma'am you don't even got no hair be quiet shh Welcome back to season five of the Go Off Sis podcast brought to you by Target, our partner this summer as we celebrate Black joy. This season, we've been reminding you what it means to be that girl. And you know we're not about to stop now. So whether you're in class, the boardroom, or working remotely beachside, I see you, friend. Target has everything you'll need for a summer full of Black joy. To learn more about how Target is investing in our community, head over to Target.com slash Black Beyond Measure. Shelby, it's so interesting because hair is so much of a part of your life now. I would love to know what your relationship growing up with it was like, what your family was talking about hair um, during your childhood. Unfortunately, I come from, I think a lot of people probably experience this being black. It's just like your hair got to be on point. Like I have an older family, like my mom's like 70, my dad's 84. So their way of thinking there, this is new. Let's keep it real. This is like in the last 10 years. They've been here, what, 60 years before that. So they went through that whole journey of just like your hair got to be permed. Your hair got to be straight. 
Your hair has to look appropriate, especially trying to get a job. So it's just like, I unfortunately had a perm, young as hell, because it's like my mom never, my mom has always had really long hair, but she always had a perm. So she knew how to take care of her permed hair. So when I came out, you know, I'm natural, whatever. She and I will do that. So it's just like, oh, well, let's put her in a perm. So I've had a perm forever. I think I stopped getting a perm when I was like 10, 11. But at the same time, I it kind of always just made me just feel like my hair wasn't good enough, especially on its own in its natural state. And then Black people, I don't know why we're so hard on us. Like... I know why we're so hard on this because, you know, white shit, let's keep it real, goes back to the beginning of time. But why didn't we break this so long ago? Because it's like growing up, I would have like people telling me how my hair just wasn't appropriate. And then for a long time too, like when I was like for, okay. So like the first like few years of my life, I had a fade. Not because I don't know what happened. I don't know if somebody cut my hair. They said one day I had hair. Next day I came home, my hair was gone. So apparently somebody cut my hair, but I had a fade for a long time. And um, my it was like my grandma's 50th anniversary. I was a flower girl. I was, they didn't want me to be a flower girl because I didn't look appropriate to be walking down with the flowers because it's like she don't have no hair. So it's like, put a wig on her. You know, if, you're, if you want to do this, put a wig on her. And it's like, my mom was like, she's why does she need to wear a wig? Just let her be her. And they're like, you have to do something. This is not appropriate. So growing up, I've always just kind of just felt like my hair was never good. And because since I didn't have that much hair, it also taught me how to do hair, true enough. So it just really, it kind of just, I had to change everything myself and I had to ignore people's like comments or whatever being called like, you know, white people walking around like she looked like a little pickaninny, you know, dead ass, you know. So it's just like or if it's like my mom, like people just in general in life, I experience a lot of criticism about my hair, just not looking like how they think it's supposed to look. So it does kind of like it was very hard. But, you know, being who I am, knowing I'm strong. At some point, that's not, it didn't affect me no more. And I had to learn myself how to create this new world of I love my hair. Even if my hair might not be the longest or it might not be the straightest, I might not have like a 2C3A situation. You know what I'm saying? I'm cool with what I have and I'm going to roll with it and I'm going to work with it. But it was very hard. (laughs) I just really need people to understand like, you know, we don't need everybody's opinion. You know? Why does why does bitch got a perm? Why does bitch got this? Why she got that? You know what? We it ain't our business. But what is our business is making sure, regardless of what you have, let's keep it healthy. Let's keep it healthy and happy over here. But I don't need everybody's two cents. I remember I had an afro. The homie's mom was like, "You're never going to be accepted in any kind of real real world. You're not going to get a job." She's a, a like a doctor. Now she natural, but it's like damn. When I had my fro in two thousand and nine, eight. I wasn't nothing. But now, since we in this new hair world, she got a frog. It's beautiful, but it's interesting. Mm. They always trying to shit on the wave creators. Mm. Mm-hmm. No. And it's interesting how those comments, like, can either come from your home, they come from, and they stay with you. They come from, like, the random person that says that to you, and then you it, that stays with you, and you're like, wait a second. I was, I was on the come up on that, and you missed me. Um, for me in my house... My mom is biracial. Um, She's black as hell, but she's biracial. And she's like, 
light skin, has 3B, like 3C hair. And so she just didn't know how to do my hair, but she was really envious of it. Like she loved my hair. So I grew up in a house where my hair was really celebrated. And we would try to like, it was a bonding moment for me and my mom where we would try to figure it out together. And she was never wanting me to straighten my hair. And, but that came, that pressure came from outside my house. So I grew up going to like predominantly white schools. And so I was hearing a lot of that stuff, Shelby, that you're talking about. I was hearing that from like outside of my house. And that's when I decided that my hair was not pretty or that my hair was ugly. And that was like this external force that my mom really tried to create this environment in my house that was like, no, it's, it's beautiful. This is your hair. It's embrace it. And then as soon as I left, it was like, no, it's not, it's not good enough. And that really stayed with me like up until university. Like I had, I'm probably still dealing with stuff from all those comments I heard from other people. Damn. Mm -hmm. I I mean, that that's, that's real. That's real. And when you're growing up, like you either, you know, what you hear also, like, you internalize and you think that that's real. Like, you think that that's true. You think that, like, okay, then I am beautiful or I'm not beautiful, right? And, like, that's what you are, like, fighting against all the time, too. Like, my aunts are supremely light-skinned, like, lighter than me. And they all had long, luxurious hair. And I was always like, ah, can't, I can't do it. And my mom always wore her hair short because it was very um, brittle, dry, and, like, kinky, curly, coily like mine is. And she would always tell me, like, I didn't get good hair because God kept me humble. And so Not that's what hair. I would always think. You L- have good hair. Like, I, this is, I'm telling you what I, this is what I internalized when okay. I was younger. And this is you what, to beautiful. be honest, my mother, I, no, I am amazing. Literally, I am so fantastic. But wow. I think like one of the things, and, and my mom got that from her mom. You know what I mean? Who got it from her mom. And so that was the only way they knew how to talk about hair. And so I always thought, like, for a long, long time until I was an adult, like, yep, my hair and my size 12 feet keep me humble. Because if I had good hair and and feet that fit shoes, you no one will be able to talk to me. And that's something that I've I've had to unlearn and am still unlearning, like, when I do my hair. Like, no, like you said, my like, my hair's great. Like, my feet are big and great. They take me places that I would never have been otherwise. Like, stand up, Chelsea, you know? But it, it took a lot because I was internalizing a lot of that from what I heard in my household, you know? How about you, Anae? Yeah. I mean, that inter- that process of like unlearning the internalized things is a, you're going to be doing that for the rest of your life. And that's the thing that I realized, like for me, when I went natural, I have two older sisters, they went natural before me. I was like, okay, I went natural around the time everyone was going natural. So I'm looking at people, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to look like Tracy Ellis Ross once I cut this off. Psych. No, it was giving Solange when she first cut her hair. And I was like, oh, okay, well let's, because it was cute, but it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. So I was like, okay, that's fine. And I worked with it. But I think for me, that like process of unlearning really started when I moved to New York. So I live in Bed-Stuy in Brooklyn and I was like, you know what? I'm going to reinvent myself. So I cut my natural hair a bit shorter and then I went to a hairstylist who like messed my hair up completely. And I had to start from scratch. I had to shave my head. And it was like really difficult because it was the most unfeminine, unwomanly I had ever felt in my life. And I didn't realize how much of my femininity and my identity as a woman was attached Mm. to my hair. And so 
I had to change everything about myself. I changed the way I dressed because I was like, listen, I don't want someone coming to, up, up to me and be like, excuse me, sir. I know you see these these C cups. I know you see these, these cakes. I know you see, I was cleavage, everything. Y'all, I'm a woman. The hoops were as big as my head because one thing, you're not going to confuse me or misgender me. And I was so obsessed with that. And then at a certain point, I got comfortable in my baldness. And I was like, you know what? This is cute. I love it. It's great. So I was having a good time. COVID hit. The barbershop closed. And my barber, who was a woman, was like, hey, girl, I'm not in service anymore. So then I had to start relearning everything else. As my hair started growing back, I had to start doing the work. And I thought, man, I can't really control anything. And my hair was a form of control. I can control the narrative if I look the way that I want to look. My idea of being a woman is controlled by the way that I make my hair look. I can have it super long. I can wear a wig. I can do all this stuff. And I just feel like that unlearning process, there's always going to be something new for you to learn or to take away from like your messaging and your conditioning. And I, it's it sucks because I'm, I'm sure other women don't have to do this, but Black women are always having to check themselves and be like, where did that come from? Maybe that's kind of messed up. Maybe I should let go of that. And it's literally every single day, especially when it comes to our hair. Whew. Nay, you just said a word there, many a words. You touched on so many things there. And I think one of the big things including the white supremacy of it all, but is also the gender norms that we attach to our hair that gets so caught up in hair. And for me, I know that my hair is always super long. Like if I've got mm. bundles, it's inches on inches on inches. What I've got twisting right now, now they're down to my waist. Like I always feel like my hair has to be long because I think that's what I attach to femininity. That's what I attach to being yeah. a woman. And that is so messed up. We know, we know we're all learning now of like how much of these gendered norms are being imposed on us and they shouldn't be. And I think that this is just another example of how our hair is political, no matter what, no matter what, because whether how we see ourselves, the rest of the world sees us in a way because of our hair. And so mm-hmm. how our hair grows out of our heads, whether we put wigs on it, where, whether we put them in braids or twists or whatever, our hair is political. Mm. Mm-hmm. Our hair is always political, whether we want it to be or not. And I think, Shelby, something that you you brought up at the top of this was one, you know, that we have to deal with that every day when we wake up in a way that no one else does. And two, it's also coming from in like the call is coming from inside the house. Yeah. You yeah. know, like there is that intra community, like just I don't know if it's shame or insecurity and people telling you what you need to do with the hair that grows out of your own head. And it's both ways, right? Whether it's, hey, you need a weave from your mom or your grandma, or you know, the new girl is saying you have to go natural or else you're not black, right? Like that that's not the way that you show up as a black woman. You can't put anything in your hair or otherwise you're less black. It becomes a political agenda even internally. And so I'd love, Shelby, if you can just talk a little bit more about what you touched on, about where some of that conversation is coming from inside the community and how how you've sort of um, pushed back against that too with your work. It just sucks, man, because this is like, why does this have to be such a huge topic? Like, it's hair. Mm. We don't talk about white women's hair. We don't talk about any other race's hair but our hair. But yet, also, everybody want to be in our industry. 
for our hair, make money, profit off of it. But well, well, he does go back well. to just like, let's keep it real. It's white shit. It's white supremacy. It's like, why does our, why was our hair, it's already bad enough they brought us over here. You know what I'm saying? It's, you know, or, you know, dropped us off anywhere else. But it's like, why when they took us and they looked at us, they was like, they hair gotta go. Like our hair was just that mm. fabulous to where they're like, we need to let them know that their hair ain't shit because if they don't know that, they gonna make us look bad. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Because her hair looks good. Let's shave it off and tell her mm. it's terrible. And it sucks. And it comes, it just goes back into our families because it's like, it's generations. Let's keep it real. So it's like, our, I know that my mom, I know she wasn't a hater. I know she wasn't rude. I just know she wanted the best for me because she knows to be the best, you got to have your hair pressed. And it's like, but why? <laughs> why I got to have this straight ass hair? Why do I have to sit under, like, underneath this dryer and get a whole ass hot comb put to my head just to be accepted? But it really does come down to people just want us to be great even if they don't know that they're not making us great, they're actually breaking us down, you know? They're putting stigmas on our hair. They're making us feel like, oh, damn, I can't do this. I can't do this. I'm never going to be a doctor. I'm never going to be anything. I can't be the president of Afro, you know? But I can. I can be anything. But we just have so many people in our way. So it's like, okay, I can't do this. Well, let me just create my own lane so I could just at least be comfortable in myself and make it work for me. But it just really, just, like I said, it just goes back to, to just racism and just unfortunately just black people just not being able to ever just be accepted ever. Shelby, is it hard for you to, when you're working with your clients, do you feel like you're pushing up against those same like messagings? Like when you're doing people's hair, are there styles of people are like, hey girl, I don't like this look it looks a little bit too ethnic or it looks a little bit too or do you find that there's like a lot of freedom in that creative expression i used to experience that like girl don't give me that what's that mm. that's that's not appropriate why are you giving me these drawstring afros <laughs> you know what i'm saying why are you doing why are you trying to give me braids like even the topic of like braids aren't even accepted for birthdays they're not acceptable hairstyle like it's like now I, I'm with Lizzo, so she don't care what I do. She's like, girl, let's do this. The blacker, the better. Let's turn up, you know? And we also don't really, like, use heat or anything like that. So I think that's cool, too, because it's like, at mm. the same time, it's like, why do we always have to be so damn straight? But um, most people, no. They're, they are, they're trying to live to the expectation of, I have to be perfect. So they, I've gotten shut down plenty of times. Like, I'm not wearing that. And it might not even be the most, like, I remember I wanted to do bantu knots on a girl. Mm. She's like, what the fuck do I look like wearing bantu knots? And I'm like, cute. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Chic, a bad bitch, let's go. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it sucks because that was all prior to, like, everybody was like, like I said, this natural hair journey kind of started within, like, this YouTube world. Like, YouTube's being, like, yeah. 10 15 years so like these last few years it's like oh yeah i can wear anything now but prior to like 2017 nobody was trying to get i remember they wasn't trying to get baby hair they wasn't trying to get braids they wasn't trying to get twists they wasn't trying to do anything i'm in la i don't know how it is for y'all where y'all are but in la it's just like bitch weave weave your leave out is gonna be one inch long because you know mm. you're trying to blend your leave out to your 80 inch weave like you know it's just you got to look a certain way out here. 
And I didn't believe that. Yeah. You, know? you sound like the hairstylist I want to go to, though, because at the end of the day, you, you sound know? like you're going to get me laid and you're going to protect the fro up underneath it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I was just, I don't even, like, I also, I don't, I don't like wigs, really, as I have a whole wig on. <laughs> They're fun. <laughs> but I really just love natural hair. Like, I just love, like, the fact that all you guys are in nat- your natural state, it's just it's beautiful. But yet, nobody really want to do that no more. Now they do it for clout. They do it for train. Mm. Listen, mm-hmm. talk to them. I mean, it's crazy because it's like, you know, we th- see the the reverse side of the natural hair movement, which people feel like they have to police even harder. So now there's a whole thing about like, oh, I like black women to wear their natural hair. And if you're wearing wigs, you hate yourself and this and that. And so it's like, if I decide to wear my natural hair, then it's a problem. If I decide maybe my hair needs to take a break because it's winter and it's cold and I want to cover up, it's a problem. So I feel like in a way, black women, it's damned if you do, damned if you don't. And exactly. so at this point, it's kind of like, man, we just gonna do whatever you, we want because it's not really worth trying to play the game because it's a losing game. We're gonna be shame regardless. So why not just enjoy your hair the way you wanna enjoy it yourself? Like, fuck the opinions. Like the other day, I had my wig on, birthday. Little bitch walked up to me. Oh, you're so confident with your blue hair. I can never <laughs> I was like, girl, it's a wig. You can rock it. Like, come on. She was like, no. Only you can do it. I can't do it. It's not going to look good on me. I didn't ask for all that. Who let their <laughs> mental patient out? Come get her. Is that a compliment? Like, girl, that's not what even What kind a of backhanded compliment is that? And then I was like, no, I look, I was like, I look good in blue hair. And I know you would too. And she was like, oh, confidence. I see we have a lot of that. And it's like, Girl, I don't even, I don't know you. Why are you Shelby is a now? nice woman. <laughs> Shelby, you're so nice because me, I would be like, girl, thank you so much. I can see you're very insecure and it's showing right now a lot. And I wish you the best on your birthday too. Uh, yeah, I would have yeah. thrown a fist. Girl, My birthday? Girl, let's, let's, let's talk about it. Alone. But it's like, damn, <laughs> if I was natural, would she walk up to me and say something to me? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm. I have a wig on, it's an issue. It's blue. Ugh, it's a really problem. But if I have my cornrows, it's also an issue because that's not an acceptable right. hairstyle. It's like, damn. If I can't go to Bella Nostradamus, then where the hell can I go? Period. You know? <laughs> yes. When we also think like, again, for like occasions, right? Or like red carpets or birthdays or like, Kathleen, I know you're talking about your wedding hair. Like, it feels like you have to show up a certain way, like in order for it to be acceptable. And it makes no sense. Like, that makes no sense. Just do what you want. But there is so much judgment and it comes from like sometimes our own brains and sometimes the people Mm -hmm. around us who are talking crazy and don't realize the effect those words may have on us. Like, and what that sounds like for other people. Again, young people like Shelby, you're a strong, confident, dope style. But like, you don't know someone who may not have that same confidence. Who's like, well, fine, I'm never going to wear this again. Right. Like, which is ridiculous too. So I feel like we're just in a lot of ways, again, policing our own hair sometimes and then like opting out of what we can do because our hair also can do so much. And that is the actual like irony of this whole thing is that our hair can do so much if we let it and we allow it. And so I think we just, yeah, you're right. We got a lot of unlearning to do. Um, And I'm going to need some help. (laughs) <laughs> to be honest, still, like, on the daily. Yeah, but it's so it's so hard. Like, Chelsea alluded to this, but, yeah, I got married earlier this year. And um, I went through the mental gymnastics of 
how am I going to do my hair? Like I had all these inspo pics. They were all black women. And it was these long, just this like long, wavy weave. And that's what the look with my dress and everything, that's what I wanted to do. But then I had all of these voices in the back of my head being like, are people going to think that I am denouncing my blackness or I'm trying to say that, oh, because it's a special occasion, because it's I'm supposed to look professional or whatever, that's why I did my hair like that. And that's why I'm not going to have my twists in or, or have it natural. And I did all these mental gymnastics. I thought back to this mm. professor that I had in first year university who chose me, who had a straight weave in, and this other girl who had an afro. And in the middle of class, we were the only two black people in the class, was like, see, Kathleen is struggling with self-worth because of this is how she has her her hair. And this other girl, I don't even remember her name, but she's he was like, and she clearly loves herself because of how her hair is. And I when I, that end of year review came around, it's up for you. Whew. I hope you you ate him. I, no, I didn't. I didn't. I was shocked. I was shocked. And it was one of those comments that I internalized. And then cut to all those years later, I thought about it when I was picking my wedding hairstyle. Like, it's so Oh, my gosh. Up. No, Kathleen. But, wow. you know, I did the hairstyle that I wanted, and I just did it. And I was like, fuck it. And I took the Shelby mentality, oh. and I was like, I'm just going to do me. And it Ooh. gave, and it gave. Thank you. It, it were mm. literally was what it was supposed to be. Floating on air, Kathleen. Literally. <laughs> like, you were a goddess. Truly. Thank you. Wow. Hmm. I just want to see Kathleen's marriage photos. Like, you can just DM them, text them <laughs> oh. to me. I, I will. I will. It. Oh, my God. I'm yes. still shocked. It was a I'm moment. sorry. I know. And that's so crazy that, again, even in this conversation that we're talking about, like, all of those things are, like, coming up for us. But they're, like, at the front of our brains. Like, we, like, there, we, there's no shortage of these stories from each of us. And I'm sure everyone listening who's like, oh, yeah, so-and-so said this, that, 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 like, they're on the tip of our tongues. <laughs> like, which, again, I think speaks to how we're thinking about ourselves and the burden of our hair. I think something, again, just to even note as well, like the financial burden of our hair, because that right. one drop of conditioner is not doing nothing. I need to buy three bottles a month okay. to even get through what I'm trying to do. So it's not only the mental gymnastics, Kathleen, like you're talking about gender norms, dealing with other people saying shit. It's the cost, like the black tax of like, I got to pay how much to do my hair every month? Mm. No, like I, I'm opting out, you know? And so there are so many of these things that pile up and pile up on us that like, it's no wonder that we're like, Ugh. it's complicated. Like it, it's yeah. complicated and we have a lot of work to do when it comes to that. But like, I also think again, like I said, our hair has such freedom in it and it has like literally our royalty like weaved into our crown so like all we got to do is wear it it's just there's so much I think that comes up with it and once you let that go there's power in it but take some time it's wild was the professor black no of course not it was an old white man it wasn't black it was an old white man I would imagine imagine getting into black girl business and you're not even black oh I would have cussed and a child each other he really tried to put y'all against each yeah. other, make it seem like one was better than that the part. other. Yep. What? Off of our hair? Yeah. Kathleen, you are so nice. I said, uh, uh, um, I wonder why it is colonizer. <laughs> 
Okay, y'all, this has been such an amazing full head of hair conversation. Thank you, Shelby, for joining us and dropping your gems and wisdom about your own hair and about your own hair journey. Thank you for your vulnerability also, too, of just sharing of yourself because I know for us and the people listening, sometimes this can be a hard conversation to have. So it's okay if you're not there yet. We're going to get there together, but I appreciate this moment. And now... That means we have wrapped our conversation and we reached my favorite part of this podcast, our Don't At Me. And in case y'all need a reminder, Don't At Me is the part of the discussion we use to tie a bow on our conversation, really give you some food for thought and just some energy to move about your day with. And in case the title wasn't clear, you can't at us, okay? Nothing. Nunca. Non. Nine. No. Heart emoji. And for this one, we're going to sling it on back to Anae herself, who's got some more unpopular opinions, I'm sure. So take it on away, Anae. Hey, y'all. It's the resident truth teller back once again with a quick but very serious PSA about hair. And this one goes out to the hairstylist. Um, We're trying to support y'all, but you're making it really hard for us, girls. All of these terms and conditions and stipulations and bylaws when we're just trying to get our hair done is ridiculous. How about we get back to the roots, to the basics, to the simplicity of the black salon culture that our foremothers set in place so many years ago? Washing included in the services. Not adding baby hairs to every single style. I know what y'all said, I don't care. At least offering us some water while you're making us wait as you finish up with your last customer. We need each other, people especially those of us who have watched a million YouTube videos, but still haven't figured out how to install knotless braids or even two strand twists. Help us help you help us. Now, I'm going to zoom out, and this is for anyone and everyone who has something unnecessary to say about Black women and our hair. Mind your business. What we choose to do with our hair is up to us. We can shave it, lock it, braid it, twist it, dye it, cover it up with a lace front, put some heat on it for a leave-out, gorilla glue it. That's our prerogative. So many of us are working through generations of hair trauma to this very day, and you have no idea the amount of hard work that it takes to just accept and also to love the way that we look. And because of the pervasive nature of misogynoir in the world, everyone thinks that they have a say in what we do with the hair that God gave us or the hair that we purchased with the money that God gave us. Um, But I have news for you. You don't. You're so worried about what we have going on when your hair is not done. You really hate to see it. Long story short, It's our hair. It's our say. And if you're mad about it, cry harder. Don't at me. Bye. Hey. Like she said what she said. Nothing. Yeah. (laughs) Nothing left to say. You said cry hard. You really did. (laughs) And she meant it. The Go Off This Podcast is a Refinery29 original. It is produced by Rashad Isaac, Crystal Devone, Jordan Mason, and me, Chelsea Sanders. It's edited by Hanger Studios. My co-hosts today were Kathleen Newman-Bermang, Maya Carmichael, and Inaye Komanivo. Like what you heard and want some more? Head over to Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you listen to podcasts to catch up on all episodes. And don't forget to drop a review or leave a comment to let us know what you think. You can also find us where it all started, on Instagram, at R29Unbothered. Thanks for listening. And don't forget, it's okay to go off, sis. Money worm.